Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Good morning, everyone, and especially to my partner, Lonnie. Our topic today, Lonnie, is solving the slipping through the cracks syndrome. How appropriate, since again... Once again, I might add, you forgot to hit the record button for production. It's too much pressure, so Stan. we're going to have to start all over again. It's too damn much pressure on me. I'm sorry. You know, it's nah, just... it actually didn't happen. I don't want bad mouth. Yeah. But it was a dream I had last night. No. <laughs> and Don't probably, let me off the hook. I did it. I admit it. It's probably okay. a similar nightmare for many yes, of you. It... I will confess that this has happened along the way in our journey, and it shows that Mr. Murphy was an optimist when he said, if something can go wrong, it will. <laughs> so, and I think that we've proven it. Okay. <laughs> so let's get going. <laughs> Best laid plans in my cement. Yes. Well, that's some pretty heavy stuff there, Lonnie. And I hope you didn't step all night preparing for today's podcast just to tell us that little tidbit of information. Nah. <laughs> So, so was, <laughs> you stayed up two nights, is that what you're telling Two me? nights, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever time was, don't charge it to this budget, please. Okay. All right. So moving right along, let's examine the commonly complained symptoms that we hear of people, our clients who tell us about, oh, this is not getting done, that's not getting done, things slipping through the cracks. I've talked on more than one occasion about employee performance, and we often describe those problems that arise with attitude or training, skill set, and even individual personality traits and attributes. Sure, and these are often the cause of performance, but we'd be remiss. We really would. If we overlook what an international productivity consultant, you probably remember Warren Bemis, he wrote on becoming a leader, and he said, the fault lies not within the people, but with the systems they use or don't use in this case. And we're going to dig deeper in that point in just a moment. Talani, I remember you told me a story that you were telling me about, about your days as a turnaround consultant, where you frequently saw this a lot of times. It gives me a headache just thinking about it. Because as a turnaround guy, you walk into an abyss of issues that present themselves mostly as symptoms. And you have to be able to sort through them to really find the underlying root causes. It's not uncommon that several symptoms are the direct result of one root cause. And that pertains to the systems that people use to get stuff done. I remember a client who had a production operation, and and not a good one. I mean, I didn't, I can't change a light bulb. <laughs> I'm not a production expert, but I'm analytical. And so with a sixth sense of coming from the trenches, things slipping through the cracks 
I look for those. And it starts with people pointing fingers at each other for dropping the ball. It's almost like a culture there. And interestingly enough, as we'll talk about this again and again, it's a culture of blame rather than finding a solution and often starts at the top. So let me guess, Lonnie. I bet you examined the processes. I bet you spoke with the workers and supervisors. You mapped out their Stop processes. Stop right there, Stan. Stop right there. And you there. discovered the bottleneck. First of all, you sound like you were watching <laughs> me during the assignment. And secondly, I wish it was as easy a process as that. All that would be just a piece of cake if we were working with robots. But when you come in as an outsider, you're peeking in on people doing their jobs they've done for years. And that's really where the fun begins. Well, I'm sorry, Lana. I was just trying to point out the one, two, three process and so simple. So how did you get past the first base? Same way I suggest that you, our listeners, approach it. I tell the team or just the individual, if it's one person, what I've observed and why that's of concern and even the potential impact that could have so they understand the magnitude of the impact and how it disseminates throughout the organization rather than pointing fingers at them. Let's take a look at the process you're using is what I tell them and the tools that you have available to you. And and let's see what we can do to improve this, which usually takes them off any defensive response and opens them to being part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Well, now I'm starting to get a headache myself because <laughs> I'm starting to think about what worst story I had when I had a client. And we were a high-tech company, and I remember the sales managers asking for approval from the owner to get laptop computers and contact management software, which obviously, why? Because he expected it would improve productivity. So here's the rough notes one for you. He goes and says, hey, let's get this thing. We can improve production, customer service. It'll improve. You know, it's going to really help us a lot. But the owner had never worked with it, never thought, and kind of looked at it as like cheating. A salesman would be cheating yes. by using yes. this software. Don't ask me why. <laughs> and like, what's his problem, this guy? And I call it that we can't afford no stinking changes here <laughs> or let them eat cake syndrome. And my client was an owner of a small company, and he had never really been exposed to this kind of technology. So- the sales manager wanted to get him these things, laptops and computers, which then was a lot more expensive than they are today. So it was not a minor purchase decision. And so simply I did what all good consultants do when a client is simply just shooting himself or herself in the foot. I go, hey, wake up. It's not the 1900s anymore. And you don't have to use this, but it's a proven fact, Jack, that you'll increase sales productivity and the cost is rather negligible when you consider the upside. So you get over it and take the advice, not from me, but from your high-paid sales manager, duh, who had already, by the way, given him great growth to begin with from a team she built, I might add. So after I go over the punch of arm that he gave me, we proceeded with the acquisition and training. How'd that go, Stan? <laughs> well, the, I'm still hurting from the punch in the arm. He's a big guy. But needless to say, we saw visible productivity gains. I don't think anyone here in the audience who's ever used these productivity tools knows it's going to increase your sales by at least 5% or more if you use them properly. I mean, who's 95% efficient for that matter, especially with manual systems? So we had more sales leads in the pipeline, reduced prospecting time, improved morale for sure. And oh, a happier client who later learned that just because you own it doesn't make them or you the best answer provider. We say, Stan, been there, done that. I'm not going to duplicate your stories having been in all three positions, salesman, sales manager, and owner throughout my career. 
But your example highlights two important points that our audience will want to examine on their own a bit further. First one is the most important one, and that's being open to discovery. Even when you're predisposed to some ideas, it's the first step to finding new ways to improve things. Albert Einstein said it so simply, and I'm paraphrasing, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. Sometimes you need to get input from peers, sometimes from outside folks who you respect and trust and have a good understanding of your challenge and your situation. Okay, enough of that. And back to uh, providing our team with the tools they need. So assume we were giving them technology and training, Lonnie, and training on that technology, I might add. Where else are systems and processes relevant? I mean, like, well, how about tools to track the zillion of tasks you'll have to do? What do you mean? I need more than my photographic memory and to-do list? <laughs> oh, no, not you, nor listeners who are blessed with a photographic memory like you. I was going to say at least a 2010, but I'll upgrade it to the current version of Microsoft Outlook or Excel. But for those of you who haven't upgraded, even that'll work, okay? Or even some project management software if you have it, even though it might be shooting a fly with an elephant gun. The simple fact is that too many companies are an accident waiting to happen, Lonnie, when it comes to terms of slipping through the cracks. And even those companies who have necessary tools they're victims of what I learned when I became a partner in a large CPA firm. And it goes like this. The expression was, people do what you inspect, not what you expect. And I talked about that in a previous conversation, the idea that if you just rely upon verbal directions, even sometimes written instructions, without some additional pieces of action, you're going to have more slippage. Hey, Lonnie, let's pause it. I don't think our listeners can see the big grin on your face, so I'm about to share. Tell me what's going on. I mean, I've used that several times in various speaking engagements and the like. And it really, it's something that's important for small businesses to understand. I'm going to tell you a story. I found an owner in a business who never really checked in never gave clear deadlines or set expectations and how that spilled over to his management team and what a disaster area that looked like before and after I was invited to clear the mess. But first, listen to this opportunity to tap into people who have more war stories than Stan and I could ever have. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems? The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney. And this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? 
Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. Let me tell you the story I was referring to before the commercial break. I was asked to do a turnaround for a company by their investor group. And first, I was told that the major problem was with the management team. And when I delved deeper, I realized it really came from the top. The owner had a particular decision-making style, and in fact, no style at all. And after more than 20 years, everybody just followed his lead. Sloppy decision-making, no deadlines, no... The company had been on automatic pilot for the whole time and now was feeling competitive pressure and they were starting to get high turnover. We ended up having to bring in a seasoned manager to run the company day-to-day. And while he ended up playing more golf and enjoying both his newfound freedom and his improved golf game, the owner was out of the way. Sorry to say that. And Stan, while we promised our listeners not to lecture, I just had to throw a phrase at you that I want to hear your experiences on it, but it goes like this. Everybody thought somebody was doing it, so nobody did it. To fully get the meaning of that phrase, just make believe everybody, somebody, and nobody are the first names of employees in your company. (laughs) <laughs> You're really great, Lonnie. I noticed you didn't use the word bat no, this time. No, <laughs> I didn't. You weren't throwing it at my bat like you normally with your baseball metaphors. I do. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll fill your needs. So I'll swing at your pitch <laughs> <laughs> with this real life scenario for my base. Quite appropriate in my days. Of, I don't even know I was a baseball star. Yeah. At least in my mom's eyes, I was. So I was a left fielder for the Boston and Blue Jays. It was a Sandlot baseball team, in fact. I played. Left field. I was left fielder. So my job is to catch the ball, watch this, when it's not near the center fielder, any of the infielders. Now, me and my center fielder friend, we were pretty good at our job, except when we failed to give each other signals to each other when there's pop flies or any ball that was in our territory. So guess what happened until the team coach told us how to handle it? Bingo. Yes, right. We let the ball slip right through the cracks to the ground, right to the ground. But once we learned the signals, either vocal or arm gestures, it didn't happen very often. Stan, I'd say you hit that one out of the park. Oh, gag. Oh, not again. You know, I gagged on it even when I was saying it. All right. Let me, oh, my God. We stayed up all night for this throw stuff. you a, a curveball here while we're at you it. you new writers, I think. All right. Some of my all-time favorite examples of things people say that cause things to slip through the cracks. I got a lot on my plate, but let me look at it. No problem. I'll take care of it soon. Sure. Let me get back to you on that. We all know there are dozens of other responses to our requests or task assignments, but we also know what really adds fuel to the fire or, in Stan's case, foul balls is the failure to have (laughs) instructions about when, where, and even how to invite questions. Sometimes we need to do this as frequently as when we tell people. It's not a given. 
how you assign tasks, what measures are put in place to assure clarity and compliance are integral parts of your work procedures. And you need to effectively and consistently apply systems for that. Those we described above are almost always cost compared to costs of not doing them. And if you're thinking about, well, that's kind of overkill. Welcome to the graveyard of players who drop the ball in left field, Stanley, or at home plate because of this. We actually left out the one that happens so often. The one where they say they'll call you back. And they don't fail to call you back because they didn't have the time. They just never wrote it down. The old not writing down. If I don't put it in my calendar, it's not going to get done. That's my to-do list. And it just happens. And just simple things like writing it down. High tech, I might add. That's really high tech. As we said along the way, lying to our audience, we don't really want these to become a lecture, but rather a bit of an entertainment in the form of war stories, things you can relate to. But they're informative, they're relevant, and something you can use, practical. So sure, you have the potential to make us comfortable with some of these things we say. But if we look in the mirror and we see ourselves in the stories we hear about podcasts, then maybe the shoe fits and we should do something about it. But that's a good thing because it means you're being honest with yourself. That's a great point, Stan. I mean, we've emphasized mindset from the beginning of this series. And I guess it's worth repeating that even when you think you've reached nirvana in terms of systems and procedures that support your work and team's productivity, including efficiency and effectiveness, you can't let yourself get settled. But rather, you want to consistently, note that I didn't say constantly, because there's a point where it creates chaos, search for ways to make it better. You all know the phrase, in pursuit of excellence. And that's what we hope your mindset is, because it's not enough to drill that into your team without a commensurate amount of attention to systems and procedures. Let me tell a war story, as infrequently as I will do that. It was a turnaround situation. Is a technology manufacturing company, and the symptoms were massive inventory versus sales, long lead time items, as a couple of them, that led to a problem that we ended up tracking back to purchasing that was being done by an admin assistant who operated under the loudest voice wins syndrome. See, without written procedures, without really telling them what needs to get done, they do what they hear. And frankly, they don't always hear correctly. That's interesting, the hear correctly. And then we say hear correctly, do we mean hear inaccurately or hear it with a certain emotion response that wasn't intended? I'd like to pick up on that one if I can myself. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned in a previous podcast, a client of mine, a big distributor, where the purchasing agent got a little carried away with way too much inventory, and it reflected and affected the cash flow, as you can imagine. And as I investigated further and talked with a gentleman who was responsible for this, he told me what happened, and that is they once had a big outage of inventory, shortage, and it messed up customer deliveries, and I don't have to tell you what that did to customer service. And the owner, instead of, as you say, making a teachable moment, let the guy have it in no uncertain terms. And he was so shell-shocked 
that he was never going to run out of anything. Need I tell you what it's like to not run out of anything when you try to do inventory <laughs> they control? They were using products as doorstops, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something as simple as that, his reaction to that chastisement. <laughs> See, and they had good inventory control, so-called procedures, except it was the horse was out of the barn. Yes, yes. I mean, have I seen that one? No, <laughs> never. Yeah, Lonnie, when we're having fun, the time goes by so fast, I can't believe it. I know we could probably give you another half hour of war stories, but I think everyone gets the point. I think want to reemphasize to everyone, as we say each time, we're not trying to lecture you. We want to give you what we call TOMA, Top of Mind Awareness. We're hoping that if you are entertained and find this relevant to your situation, you'll take some time to examine your own processes and procedures. You'll look at how often these happen. Sometimes it happens so often and everyone's so guilty that no one wants to point the finger at anyone else to make it better. They just kind of think it's the culture. We care, but not that much. That's right. <laughs> we care, but not that much. I like that. <laughs> well, listen, before we close out, let's take a minute to just recap the key points. Things slipping through the cracks is a symptom, not a root cause. Systems and procedures need as much review periodically as any focus on the workforce team members. Communication is surely an issue, but it has to start from the top, and you need to drill down deeper and define it in more detail. And controls for assuring follow-up on a timely basis want to be abundant and consistent to be effective. Use confirmation questions to assure clarity of understanding, goalposts, check-ins, and accountability. So with that, let me turn it back to Stan, who'll close out this episode. What? I thought you were doing that. Oh. Nah, I'm just snuck that past you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't have any slippage here, Lonnie. You know that. <laughs> In fact, the only, the only slippage we have is... This is all well orchestrated. <laughs> physically <This> related. <laughs> So, Lonnie and I would like to really sincerely thank you for spending your time with us. And we invite you to share your stories, your own war stories. I'm sure you've got them. Maybe ask some questions or even request an invitation to be a guest at one of our virtual roundtables, which are only 90 minutes, by the way. Come take a test drive and see where you can take you and your business. In fact, we'll allow you up to three as our guests. So you can be confident it's a mutual fit. And we can promise you, you'll feel just like family sooner than you might expect. We'd love to answer your questions. We'd appreciate any at all feedback, good or bad. And just send it along via email at info at sbvirtualroundtables.com. We promise to be responsive. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business. Delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call.